Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You're tuned in to the season two of Ambitious Accountant, where we balance the books on the diverse world of accountancy. I'm your host, Shoja Sekura, a passionate accountant who loves diving into the fascinating world of finance and numbers, and in today's episodes, people as well. So, we uncovered ambitions, the dreams and the unique pathways of these incredible accountants that we have been talking for so long with. So if you're an aspiring accountant or someone just curious to see what these financial wizards take, there's something here for everyone. So grab your coffee, sit back and relax because we are in for a journey for the next half an hour. And with us today, we have a lovely, vibrant personality. Dana, welcome on the show. Hi, Jay. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Awesome. Would you just be able to give our audience a brief about you and your firm to kick things off? Sure. So we are in Wodonga in northeast Victoria, and I have a small accounting practice called Shine at Business. We have an adjunct company called Shine at Leadership. And we work with family businesses all over Australia and particularly rural businesses, agribusinesses and anything in those more regional and remote sections of Australia. We were Zoom addicts way before the pandemic because our, um, our clientele is very widespread and we look after all facets of business but also people's welfare because in any family business, rural or not, there is so much more to it than the business and the numbers and the finance. It's all about the people and the families and the interactions and that holistic well-being of everyone involved. Lovely. So it seems like your accounting firm is beyond numbers, as you said. It's it's more about people as well. And uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, by the looks of it, your firm was way ahead of its time when COVID stuck. You guys might have already been uh, remote working, isn't it? We, we were. The downfall was that we had to work from our homes. Um, a few of us, including myself, live on farms. The internet okay. did not cope well with Zoom. But anyway, that's gradually in, in improving. But you're right, all of our clients were ahead of the curve in that they were quite well-versed in, uh, in Zoom. Pretty great. So let's kick things off. I mean, would you be able to walk us through your journey of how you started your own accounting firm and what inspired you, especially accountancy? Sure. So I grew up on a few thousand acres of family farm in southern New South Wales, yeah. uh, predominantly wheat and sheep. And growing up, I'd see people leave the district. It was a fairly small community and back then relatively isolated. So when people left, you know, we all, we all felt that. And it was only as I got older that I came to understand that people left because of finances or family. So I went into accounting with the view that someone has to be able to make a difference here, be a voice, advocate, help these people. And so I went into accounting. I've since added financial planning and a few other um, degrees and things like that in that business space. But it wasn't too far in until I realised it's about the people, not the numbers. So I then added and continue to add training all around human psychology and mindset and all of those sorts of um, the, the humanity side of it to make, yeah. to, to work with people because 
I've come to understand that mindset leads money, not the other way around. So that's where we've got that very holistic feel from uh, and that broader scope within all that we do that we make sure that people are okay. And yes, we're looking after their numbers, but we're also working with them proactively on strategies and solutions, not just the numbers on the page, because that's only a, a report card, like a scorecard for whatever it is that they're doing in their lives and businesses. It is at the end of the day just a result sheet. The, the, the story behind the report card is missing. I guess your firm is tracking that? Very much. We very much focus on that proactive um, team member approach, okay. that strategic planning, and being that person that anyone could ring if they've got a problem. It may or may not be necessarily accountant-related, but they know that we've got their back and they don't need to feel alone or isolated or completely stuck. Pretty great, uh, I would say, vision for Shine. And uh, no journey is a bit of roses. Pretty sure that you might have had uh, more than a couple of hundred uh, hurdles that you had to cross. Anything that you can uh, share with us? Yeah, look, it's always... Um, like every day is a bit like pick your own adventure. And of course, uh, the same way as no client business goes smoothly, neither does ours. But I think the important thing is to keep showing up for yourself, keep backing yourself, keep showing up at every opportunity, grab every opportunity, attend the events. If you get an invitation to write an article or speak at something or whatever, keep doing that. The Hurdle is always the right balance of cash flow, time and people. So the right resources in the right balance at the right time. And I think that's just a constant juggle. But I'm very blessed to have a wonderful team now and to have the people um, that really support our business and our and our clients and, and support me. But I think it's always about just keeping to keeping defining what's important to you and what your core vision and mission is and keeping um, your eye on the goal and culling out the stuff that either depletes you or takes a lot of time and doesn't add to the value of what you're doing to maintain that life balance and that cash flow balance, like the resource balance, and <clears throat> and then fill in the gaps with, um, have, with the people around you. I think the issue with staffing is that we look for certain things that we might not be able to find. But if you can have people that are passionate about their key areas in the business, yeah. work to their strengths, work to their skills and, and and pack around that. It would be. And, uh, since you brought up the topic of staffing, it is actually uh, getting critical, I would say, as in uh, finding the right talent. But of course, we will speak uh, on that towards the latter part of the show. Uh, you said that the whole premise of starting Shine was to advocate and be a voice for Vodonga. Uh, when everyone else was just jumping ship, uh, you yourself wanted to get the community, get everyone going. And what exactly is that couple of opportunities that your firm has been able to bank on during the past years and succeed? Sure. So in accounting, generally it's very compliance focused and, and very quite narrow for about the last 20 or 25 years, I've been seeing this get continually narrowed yeah. insofar as in the 1990s, way back then, 
accounting and financial planning and the solicitors, the bank managers, there was a lot of overlap in the conversations and in their areas of expertise. Yeah. So yeah. bank managers and accountants would, you know, work together or whatever it might be, but there was overlap. And then through the financial services regime evolving, there was more and more demarcation between all those different areas of expertise and the licensing around that. So we ended up with gaps between what accountants can advise on, what financial planners can advise on, what is legal and what is lending. And what happened and what I saw happening a long time ago was these big gaps in between is where people fall through the cracks. And it went from an environment of accountants being the kind of go-to person to being a very narrow area of advice because suddenly they were not allowed to give advice on super funds or lending or legal and people didn't realise that that was happening. So they still thought that accountants told them everything that they need to know, but accountants' role and compliance regime actually got narrower and narrower and narrower. And so what I saw was this disjointed kind of business plan approach that people had because they got a bit of advice from the bank manager and a bit from the accountant and something from the solicitor and something from the bloke at the footy. And it was very um, fragmented and often counterproductive in that the advice might come from different viewpoints and, yeah. and actually be, um, you know, contrary to each other. So we've really taken that broad proactive, strategic, holistic approach, which to me just makes sense because then yes. you've got the whole picture. You're still working in with their solicitor or their bank manager, but you're bringing everything into a cohesive, integrated plan that is all going in the same direction rather than this piecemeal approach where they have a bit of information from all of these different advisors, but it doesn't meet in the middle. It, it, it really does because at the end of the day, what... Uh, we believe is that the accountant has the ability to paint the entire picture for the client. And uh, if not for the accountant, I don't think anyone can paint the picture as to this is the current state, this is the state that you want to go, isn't it? Correct. But, but I think where it falls down sometimes is accountants are doing their part, which is this yeah. box of compliance, but clients think that that's all of the picture. So they yes. actually don't know what they're missing and unless accountants take a broader, um, broad brush approach and say you need to see a solicitor about this or you need a financial planner for that or whatever and yeah. then join the pieces, then people miss out on a lot of this and that's where they get really caught up and make, you know, sometimes very costly errors because they didn't know that there was a piece missing. The advisor, which was missing. Mm. Correct. Correct. They, they thought they had the whole picture from their accountant, but it's no longer the accountant's role yeah. and they're not yeah. allowed to advise on all of those ancillary areas of business advice that 20 or 30 years ago was very much a part of their picture. picture. And it's those, unsal, uh, those uh, supporting acts that kind of gets the big picture running. Correct, because you can be working hard in your, in, and having your tax entity structured properly but if you haven't got your estate planning or your insurances or, or your lending or something else structured properly, then the whole thing could be built on a house Collapse. of cards. Correct. Yeah. It would. Now, each and every firm has its own mantra that I would like to call. 
So they have their own ways of doing things, be it traditional, non-traditional. Does Shine have its own mantra in whatever process or whatever? If so, what, what is it? Probably our little um, catchphrase is, who is the wealthy you? Meaning wealth in a whole holistic host of ways. So, you know, feeling um, empowered, health, relationships, communication, enjoying what you do, and then the money stuff starts to fall into place. Um, so, again, that's that mindset leads money. And what we do is we hand out magic wands. Oh, because nice. without a magic wand for people to say, what do they want that picture to look like? How do we work towards that? It's very easy to get bogged down in what isn't working and just keep rehashing and getting caught up in that. But it's kind of like being stuck in quicksand and we can't solve things from that place of problem. So it's about saying, what do I want the solution to look like? And then I can work with them to build the steps to come back to where we are and take one step at a time to work towards the outcome that we want rather than getting so caught up in the problems that we can't see past the problems. So you pretty much paint a clearer picture for the client, hold hands with them, guide them and go on the journey. Pretty much. Yes. Lovely. So it's, it's building uh, pretty much businesses and lives from ground zero to a state where everyone can be happy. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't have to be um, onerous or painful or boring. Like, you yeah. know, it, it can be um, enjoyable to work with your accountant and, yeah. you know, the team that's in here. And we certainly do our best to make it, uh, you know, a, a nice team uh, feel with our clients that we're part of our team and that we're there to help them with whatever parts of their bookkeeping or accounting or what have you. Lovely. Lovely. Uh, the next question that I would like to ask is uh, pretty sure that you are having a positive uh, imprint and an impression on, on many of your clients. Uh, care to share a story where your, your shine had a positive influence on a client or a business? Without, uh, of course, divulging names, we could just... Yeah, sure. Um, look, on, on a broad level, it's just people can come into the office or into the Zoom chats more often because most of our clients are not here um, yeah. and be and be thoroughly distressed. And particularly through the, the drought that we've had, um, you know, up until a couple of years ago that yeah. really was, um, you know, very impactful, people can be very distressed and for me to just be able to work through whatever the issues are and just say, that's okay, we can work this out. And I wouldn't always know how I was going to work it out at that point in time, but just the relief and then walking out, standing taller, and I could see them just feeling like, I don't know what the heck to do. We're at wit's end, but she knows what to do and this team will help us. To me, that is the most fulfilling, rewarding part, just knowing that you've made someone's day so much easier by sharing that journey. And then a couple of specific ones um, that all sort of run along the similar course is working through those uh, really challenging times with specific families or individuals and working through to an outcome that there's no way they would have got to themselves. You know, they were at their wits end with business or banks or whatever it might be, and yeah. somehow yeah. we've managed to negotiate and, and strategize and, you know, work towards an ideal outcome and then reverse engineer the pieces. 
So one example um, was uh, a, a fellow that we worked with in northern New South Wales and he'd been hit really hard with the drought. His wife had left. He was on his own with three young kids. Uh, he yeah. had elderly yeah. parents in their home on the farm that should have been in care, but because they owned a farm, they don't qualify for any funding or aged care access and they still don't because the land is in their name. Yeah. And yeah. he was just working his tail off. Obviously, debts were mounting up because he had cattle to feed. Fodder prices were enormous, kids to look after. He's a, he's a great bloke, but I rang him every day for over two years, sometimes several times a day, because if anyone was ever going to give up on life because it was too hard, um, it would have been someone in that situation. But he, he soldiered on, and he's one of many that we worked with like this. At one point, he got to the point where the bank was or a, a big a lender was going to foreclose for a shortfall of $9,000 and take everything. Our other company is called Shine at Leadership, which was formed during that time to teach people about this, this mindset work and so on. And all of the funds that that raises goes into a, a funding bucket that we can help families with. And that was the whole point of it. We were actually able to contribute that $9,000 that saved his farm, his home, his family, the legacy, the livelihood for a, a relatively small amount of money. Um, and he's, he's still going on today. But if we hadn't have done that, then, and the people that contribute hadn't done that, then his whole family and legacy would have been finished at that point. So things like that, um, you know, that's an exceptional one. Normally it's more just us working through with people to get, yeah. you know, yeah. negotiate outcomes with banks and so yeah. on. Yeah. But that one was really, um, you know, really touched our hearts that we could make that bigger difference to that fellow and his kids and elderly parents. Wow, quite inspiring. I mean, relatively though it's uh, a small amount, imagine the rewards and the opportunities that the family, the entire family is getting yeah. with years to come. At the end of the day and i guess it shouldn't be shine at leadership but shine at life for you uh <laughs> it's because at the end of the day, our, our, our other our background company is called shine at life shine at business but but you guys are pretty much creating uh lives as you said creating a life of freedom and success that's what you guys are doing and uh love the experience uh, at the end of the day because uh, it's not only what you said at the big, at the very beginning. Mindset leads to money, not money leads to mindset. And uh, the fulfillment capital that you that anyone gets, it, it it's not quantifiable. Mm, exactly, you can't it's measure easy. it. Normally, it's not us putting money in. I mean, we we send yeah. a lot of you know supermarket vouchers and things like that to, to yeah, people, yeah. but that that was an extreme example. Normally it's more just about people knowing that we will always pick up the phone and we will talk them off a ledge and we will work through whatever the situation is. And yes. just to reduce that feeling of they are alone. And in rural areas that's a huge problem. It leads to that increasing problem of rural suicide because they feel like there is no way out, there is no one to help them and that they are letting down not just their own family but three or four or five generations before them on that farm. So the important thing always is yeah. to yeah. check in and make sure they know that we're, we're on this journey with them and that we're part of that team. It is. Yeah. Uh, as you clearly said that you hold hands with them and you go on this journey. 
venture yes. they, they, they uh, emerge successful. Now, slightly pivoting from uh, the community aspect. Now, technology is something that we cannot really put past us, though we are confidence. And uh, I guess we are in that era where we were 20 years back when uh, the dot-com bubble hit and when the Y2K things were happening. A similar era, quite uh, nostalgic, I would say, in the next few years to come. What are your thoughts on AI? It's interesting because in my financial planning, you know, with my financial planning hat, that's probably a lot more prevalent at the moment than in accounting. And at the risk of sounding uh, like a dinosaur, uh, <laughs> and I know that the algorithms can now mimic, you know, human compassion and all that sort of stuff, yeah. and that's great. And I think that there's absolutely a role for AI in capturing the data, disseminating it, and, you know, just working out what, go, you know, what client goes in which bucket or, or which thread follows that. But to be honest, I think there is still a huge human need for not only the, the logistics and the strategic planning, because yeah. I know what yeah. goes on in my head and I dare anyone to design an algorithm that could figure that out, um, <laughs> but that, again, that human, the reassurance, the confidence, the, um, the, the compassion, that sense of I, I'm here, we're part of a team, you're part of the Shine Tribe now and, you know, whatever's going on, we're here to help you with that. And I think that that can't be replaced by robotics. So certainly a lot of the, um, the, the, the mechanisms can, but at the end of the day, I think there needs to be, you know, the conductor of the orchestra that is, is a people um, it has to be. You know, interaction. Yeah, yeah. because uh, at the end of the day, uh, the tool was made by a man or humans at the end of the day. And uh, without that human touch, I don't think uh, any business could survive. And, and particularly not one that is like the model of ours, where it is all about the yeah. interaction and that ripple effect and making sure that everybody's okay. Um, yeah. Certainly more compliance-based yeah. would fit well with that model because it is more about, you know, input, output, yeah. getting from point A to point B and... Uh, and that will suit a lot of people. But the model that we have is much more, um, yeah, personal. With a touch of uh, shine at life. Absolutely. All right. Uh, you brought in another lovely catchphrase, shine tribe. And uh, being a regional accounting uh, firm, now you said that, you mentioned that people are kind of uh, leaving uh, the community and that itself are creating voids and so on and so forth. Tackling the talent gap, which you mentioned earlier, the staff shortage, how exactly are you guys addressing it? I've actually got some new staff starting over the next month or so, which I'm very excited about. Should be. So I'll have another accountant joining us and she lives in Wagga which is about an hour and a half, two hours from here. And so she actually wants to be based in the office, so we'll arrange accommodation for her for a couple of nights a week or something like that. But right. then our other two that will be joining us, uh, one lives a couple of hours away, so she'll work remote and, you know, just interact via Zoom when, when needed. And the other lovely young lady lives in Dolby in Queensland. 
So Whoa. it's the same Whoa. deal. So she's already been sitting in. Um, I also specialise in farm succession planning. So, um, and that's with people all over Australia. So I do do a fair amount of travelling, but obviously a lot of Zoom chats. So uh, this other lovely young lady's been already sitting in on some of those chats to start to learn the learn the, the gig in that farm succession planning space. So, you know, have internet, can travel. Yeah, as, as long yeah. as you have internet, uh, that's all that matters. It doesn't really matter where you, I mean, if you're working at office, and uh, we are in an era where that remote working is part of any culture. You cannot really uh, omit it out, isn't it? it? It is just what it is. We've got a lovely office here and we've got a few of us that work in here. And it is yeah. great to have that because, you know, you have the, the, the humour and the, you know, that, that nice yeah, that office culture. place to be. Um, but then, you know, the people that are not, within this closed circle, then we just embrace them using technology. Yes, the next question. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, you're with Shine at Business, Farm Succession Planning, Shine at uh, Leadership, and then uh, you're pretty much everywhere, all right? Juggling many balls. With all that, how exactly have you been able to balance your personal life? Okay, you've seen inside my head, apparently. Um, <laughs> with my family, we have a cattle farm. Yeah. So that is home, and it's just divine to retreat to that. It's just a matter of having fairly good boundaries and I think exceptional time management skills that yeah. <laughs> mostly work, but occasionally, you know, juggling the balls, occasionally one falls down and lands on your head. Um I think it is about having having boundaries and, and having to have some demarcation when you need to to have that. Two things. I think it's about not having an expectation that this is a Monday to Friday nine to five existence. It it stretches in many directions and sometimes that might mean that through the week something else has to be done if I've got, you know, cattle stuff to do or something. Um, yeah. and, and then you kind of pitch and pitch and catch on weekends. And the other thing that I find is a huge benefit is get up early, get a couple of hours of solid stuff done in, you know, between four and 7am and you get a really good jump start on the day before it kind of evaporates with phone calls and everything else. But I find that that just sets me out really well for the day to get it, you know, whether it's 4am or 5am, something like that, but to get a couple of hours yeah. in and I always work with, um, I've got a couple of systems that I use with time management, but essentially Pick the big rocks first. Don't get busy doing all the busyness. Pick the big rocks, the things that really need to get done, the things that you write the invoices for, the things that have the deadlines. Yeah. And continually, it's like having a, a sifter, continually sift out all the smaller things over the over the days and weeks and years and months, and this is what I've always done, that can be delegated. And that's also an easier way to find staff because you're not trying to delegate the top-end tasks yeah. That might be your specialty, but you, you're finding things that are much easier to delegate or outsource and that don't just fill in your time for the sake of busyness. Yes. Mm. So it's a mix and match and uh, you learn it through art. Yeah, it's it's just experiential really. You kind of work out what works, what doesn't work, and it, it's just a continual um, 
journey. Journey of, of looking at, uh, okay, what's on the list for today? Or I usually work on this week. So I try to group them in days and things like that, depending on how many clients I'm seeing or where I'll be. And invariably it never goes to plan, but at least there is a plan and you can kind of keep coming back to picking what's the most important thing that I need to do next. Yeah, taking a page off your book, week by week. Exactly. Yeah, don't, don't try to plan in a day because then you just rewrite the daily list a hundred times. That's what it is. Uh, in your accounting and uh, I would say leadership and uh, you have many definitions, uh, Diana. In your journey of life, what has been the most fulfilling incident so far? Wow. Um, look, I love what I do. And if we love what we do, then you're eager to get up and get started every day. And the people around me, whether that's clients, whether it's the other people in our team, whether it's the people attending the Shine at Leadership, I see that ripple effect. So uh, one of the highlights was being asked to speak at the International Leadership Association um, conference in England last year. And so I've spoken about that changing a culture or a mood or an attitude or or whatever you want to call it is a bottom-up approach. It just starts with each of us doing what we do in our little space that ripples out and makes a difference to the people around us, our our work team, our families, whatever. It's not a top-down approach. It's not have a spare $20 million. I mean, that's great, but, um, you know, we can all make a difference just from where we are right here, right now. And I think that that's the most fulfilling part is just to see clients go away feeling relieved feeling happy with the solutions that we've offered or helping put in place, um, seeing the staff and the team love what they do every day and building them up so they feel valued and rewarded, kind of valuable from the inside out, feeling good from the inside yeah. out. Not, it, it's not just about the external trappings and just that enjoyment that everybody gets then through their day. We're still tackling hard challenges sometimes. We're still working with... Um, some quite um, distressing and challenging situations for clients. Sometimes we're dealing with great situations. But if we can bring, um, you know, just that that attitude of compassion and uplifting and that ripple effect, then that filters through everything and makes all of those interactions better for each of us, but certainly better for the people that we deal with. Lovely. Uh, so, yeah, just moving off our usual uh, path of questions to a bit of a rapid fire. Uh, would you be interested? Sorry? A bit of a rapid fire, some quick oh, fire questions. Fire. Okay, sure. Sorry. Yep. All right. So what's the best advice that you have ever gotten so far in life? Make a decision and make it right. That's rapid. Uh, any business book or book about life or whichever that you can recommend for others to read on? Oh, millions of them. And I teach from millions of different books. Oh, gosh, off the top of my head, probably not. I can't even pick one. Sorry, pass that one. No worries at all. Uh, And then if you can uh, go back in life, would you change your profession or not? No. Is what you want. All Mm. right. And, uh, yeah, so that's just three questions that's from the top of my head. But I'll think of 50 books in a second, but, yeah, as far as one, that, that bamboozles me. 
That's true, totally right. but it clearly tells that your your business is built on a, a philosophy that's kind of uh, given you uh, rewards beyond monetary terms as well uh, in the long run. Um, just any parting advice that you would like to share with any aspiring accountant who would vo- like to establish his own firm or, or whichever? Sure. Okay. Book is Joe Dispenza's Supernatural. There you go. Quantum there you go, Supernatural. Yes. Yeah, so now that I've thought of that, um, for anyone that wanted to get into accounting, uh, and I have been interviewed by CPA and it's in the CPA training program, so I'll yes. say something similar in that. Get the foundations in. Get the fundamentals. Do the training. Work for a firm. You know, learn all the all the all the breadth that you want, and then decide and determine and design the direction that you want to go in. So for me, it's small rural based business. I'm a jeans and boots person. I'm out on farms probably about fifty percent of the time, or out with businesses, yeah. and I'm very real. I am from that background. I relate to them and they to me but design what it is that you're passionate about it doesn't have to be everybody sitting in an office working in a compliance box it can be taken in any different direction that is of interest to to people with with that accounting background got it so pretty much at the end of the day you are the conjurer of your own journey I believe so, and that's where the magic wand comes in. And even with the yellow, with the branding, um, you know, make it fun. We don't all have to conform to what might be our stereotypical, um, you know, picture. If that's and not come to think of it, uh, being an accounting firm is actually one of the few times that I've seen an accounting firm embracing yellow, and it exactly stands for your philosophy as well. Absolutely. It's, and it's, it stands out. That's what matters. It is. It's sunshiny and, and it's just fun. It's different. It is. And you get to wear yellow suits when you go to conferences. It spins people out. <laughs> Catchy. That's lovely. Uh, and anyway, just parting out, what would be the best way to uh, stay in touch with you or how is it? Sure. So there's websites for Shine at Business and Shine at Leadership. There are Facebook pages for both. And normally the Shine at Business Facebook page, particularly I share, you know, the travels. So, I mean, Western District or Gippsland or up north or wherever I am, um, I usually put a few snaps on there of my travels. And if anyone wants to have a chat, no strings attached, I always offer a, a no obligation um, chat to get people started on the right path. Just an email to info at shineatbusiness.com.au will always find me. Lovely. And of course, we could get in touch with you at uh, LinkedIn as well, I believe. Uh, sorry via linkedin as well i believe uh yes i'm on linkedin yes lovely so there you go audience uh diana is available through all those channels and get in touch with her if you do happen to fall in line with what she believes in and thank you so much diana thanks a lot for being uh with us uh, taking uh one hour out of your busy schedule on a tuesday thank you so My much pleasure. thank you so much for the invitation it's been great thank to you. chat with you Lovely. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude another session of Ambitious Accountants. And with another financial episode, we'll be with you again next time. Thank you.